Yes, my old friend, I've come to talk with you again. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. I'm Josh. And this week, the four of us are all together for the first time in a very long time to talk about some very sad things, including tech's full game defeat. Can, can we talk about our holiday plans instead? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. that, that, was, that game was five days ago, and I've pretty much wiped it from my memory at this point because it was real bad. All I'm I'd... left with is the feeling of despair and sadness regarding tech football. Hey, like every other year. Mostly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's all been downhill since 2012. I did not watch one single second of that game, nor have I seen a single second of it on replay. I completely ignored it. And you're the lucky one. But before we talk too much about the bowl game itself, let's do the dogs in the NFL stuff that we do at the beginning of the show each week. Uh, Because we have some more sad news here, and that's because the majority of these guys had no difference on the field this week. The people not recording any stats this week, Jeff Dreskel, Amik Robertson, Ryan Allen, Jalen Ferguson, Xavier Woods, who's injured, and Trent Taylor, who has COVID, or at least is on the COVID list. Uh, that's a large chunk of the guys who could be doing things in the NFL to try to distract us from, you know, yeah. the actual tech football team. Yeah, but I mean, Tremont Williams and Jelly Bean got on the field for Baltimore. Uh, Williams had four tackles, including three solo and then Jellybean had a, a single tackle. Um, Boston Scott also had two rushes for 17 yards and averaged 19.3 yards on his three kick returns. So he's uh, he's been turning it, on, turning it up on the kickoff returns lately, which is good to see. But uh, I guess he had a fumble that went out of bounds. Is that right? Yeah, he lost a fumble. But luckily the sideline was there to save him. Uh, then Vernon Butler is playing right now on Monday Night Football. But for the last Bulldog, uh, Matt, do you know how Legereus Sneed did this week? Uh, yeah, um, Legereus Sneed is a person who plays football. And uh, <laughs> sorry, <I> was... <laughs> did he play particularly well this week? Yeah, no, Sneed had a great game. Um, I was unable to watch as I was on the road back up uh, to Kansas City. Uh, I caught the ending. I know that he had a, a sack in the game because once again, my coworker Dan, the poor seventy-year-old man's wife, is forcing him to get Big Macs, buy one get one again because of Sneed's sack. <laughs> uh, for dinner tonight so dan wherever you are i know you don't even know what a podcast is um enjoy your big mac thanks to legerious need uh beyond his sack uh i was looking at the play-by-play and it looks like sneed got picked on a little bit in this game i don't think he had any touchdowns against him uh, it was a very low scoring game but i did see a couple of times where he was targeted and guys made catches on him i don't think he played poorly i just don't think that he played as well as he usually has uh do you know a little bit more about that than I do, Nathan? Yeah, he recorded six solo tackles, which usually means that he let his guy catch the ball and then he took the tackle afterwards. So a lot of times you don't want to see a defensive back with a large number of tackles. But yeah, he also had another hit on the QB in addition to that one sack. Doesn't really count for BOGO cheeseburgers at McDonald's, but maybe it's it something with not. Burger King. Uh, no. <laughs> either way. <laughs> they're the Chiefs. They're the Kings. They're, they should be with Burger King is all I'm saying. Anyway... Yeah, an off night for the Sneed, but I mean, but as far it, as off I nights mean, go, it was still a pretty good night for I, him. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he had a cataclysmic performance. He still performed pretty darn well. Yeah. Yeah, but one group of players that did not perform well 
Whereas the entire Louisiana Tech football team, when they traveled to New Orleans to take on Georgia Southern in the New Orleans Bowl, I had to look up what the score was again because to in my head it was just a lot to a little. The Bulldogs fell 38-3. to I didn't include any notes in our little uh, note worksheet that we have every week because I don't even know what to say about this game. It was very bad. It was truly awful. I'm glad I was working. I mean, at, at, the, at the very beginning of the game, uh, you know, Georgia Southern went down and, and scored a touchdown in 10 plays, 65 yards. And it was like, okay, we played okay defense, but like the couple times that a guy took a bad angle or something, they took advantage of it. And that's the key when you're playing an option team is to not make mistakes, not give them the opportunity to do that. And then, gosh, ESPN's play-by-play thing is real messed up right now. But yeah, I may um, actually send a, a screenshot of this in a little bit. It doesn't have the right logo next to the right team drive sometimes. Then for every... First half drive that the dogs have, or at least that it says that the dogs had some of these are Georgia Southern drives. It says that the drive ended on downs and had zero yards. One of them says downs touchdown. Like yeah, what? it has that twice. Two of the Georgia Southern touchdown drives. It says Louisiana Tech had the ball, turned it over on downs, and also scored a touchdown. So ESPN <laughs> Wait. hates this game as much as we do. ESPN well, also just gave up halfway through the first quarter and was like, yeah, this one's over. <laughs> I mean, can yeah. you blame them? It's playoff time. They got bigger yeah, things so, to talk about. Uh, I mean, they talked about the playoff during the bowl, too. They didn't stop them either. Yeah, I mean, hey, I can't really blame them. There was nothing good for them to talk about. So, yeah, no, it was a sad, sad affair. And I think but, it's it's emblematic of how the season has gone. I mean, I I, I wasn't I, I feel like I keep interrupting somebody who keeps trying to talk. That, that's me. I'm just trying to keep us on the game instead of talking about the season as a whole, because hold on one second. Hold on one second. Fuck you. <laughs> nah, nah. Hold on one second. <laughs> Okay, I got that out of my system. Go on. Oh, that's all, that's all I had to say. Just, you know, that we can cover the season as a whole next week, you know. Uh, <laughs> <as> far as <laughs> say whatever you want, Matthew. It's a free country. It is. Everything's falling apart, just like this ball game did. <laughs> yeah, right? we're, we're all disappointed. Uh, we are. You know, I, I felt like in the first quarter, it felt like we were in the game. And then, uh, you know, because the defense made a couple stops. And I can't really tell from this play-by-play thing, but I think we had two two straight stops to keep it at seven nothing. Uh, but the offense had a had a quick three and out, and then Aaron Allen decided that he he didn't didn't um, want to play football anymore. Yeah, it, the the worst thing about it was that the first so he threw three picks in a row on three straight drives, all three of them Ugh. on the positive side of the fifty. So we were driving the ball mostly on Israel Tucker's back. Right. He he had here on this drive I'm looking at that says it's a Georgia Southern touchdown for five plays, zero yards and took zero seconds off the clock. Um, Israel Tucker (laughs) ran for 13 yards to the Georgia Southern 47, then three yards to the 44, then three yards. Then we had a personal foul. So we're down at the 26 and Aaron Allen just throws a duck and it gets picked off. And it's just like, oh, man, that sucks. And then he did the exact same thing on the next drive. And it was an actual sustained drive. And. Then the third one, it wasn't quite in the red zone, but it was just like, I mean, by the second pick, it was pretty clear that Aaron Allen did not have what it took to to play football that day for whatever reason. I don't know what it was, but he just wasn't good. Yeah, and it was those drives that led to where the interception was thrown that was the most troubling thing. Like you said, it was mostly just giving Tucker the ball, and most of Twitter was just like, why aren't we, <laughs> why do we even pass the ball anymore? Because the running ball, running the ball is working so well. But that first pick, Tech had the ball at their own 30-yard line to start the drive. They got to the Georgia Southern 17 before throwing a pick. Then it was the Tech 40 to the Georgia Southern 26. 
and then the Tech 41 to the Georgia Southern 30. Tech moved the ball all right until a mistake. And the first one was the least of the interceptions, and maybe Aaron Allen got in his own head about it. But even after that third pick, Georgia Southern gets the ball and they punt the ball, and it's still 14-0 at this point. The game is still on hand after three interceptions by the starting quarterback. Yeah, you need a quarterback to win a game and come down from a 14-0 deficit. But at least in my head, I wasn't thinking this game was out of reach yet because Georgia Southern wasn't doing a lot with the ball yet that they started to later in the game, especially in the second half. They kind of piled it on. But throughout this game, I felt like Tech had a chance. If Aaron Allen woke up or if the guy who had stole his jersey got the, <laughs> the Aaron Allen who's tied up in the basement in the locker room and freed him and got was able to bring him back on the field to actually play football, had that <laughs> happened, Tech could have came back and won this game. But that's not what actually happened because this isn't an episode of the office or something. Yeah. And I mean, after those, after those three picks, the offense kind of stopped doing anything at all. Right. Hold I on. mean, I, I don't hold on one second. What episode of the office featured a futuristic time traveling quarterback swap in the midst <laughs> of a ball game? Yeah, you should really watch the deleted scenes, <laughs> but we were able to move the ball in the first like quarter and a half. And then yeah, we had, a, we had a field goal drive um, at some point, but it looks like, God, this drive chart is really messed up here. But yeah. I'm on you know, we, the one on Tech's website that may help a little bit. But near the end of the second half, with 31 seconds left, or sorry, with nine, or Tech gets the ball with 31 seconds left, moves the ball from the Georgia Southern 20 to the Georgia 727. Oh, so yeah, we lost seven yards. We lost seven yards and kicked a field goal. Oh, because Smoke had the 60 yard punt return. Yeah. Yeah. So Smoke comes in and has like our only good play of the day, basically, and just. You know, but doesn't score the touchdown that we really, really needed. And then we lost seven yards and uh, Barnes hit a field goal. So thanks for those three points. Yeah. Um, going know. into halftime, Go Tech ahead. would have been down 21-7 going into halftime had Smoke gotten it all the way to the end zone or had our offense been able to do anything. And halftime adjustments exist. Maybe we figure out what do the they? Eagles were doing and, and make a fix. And again, it's a 14-point deficit. If you can get your legs underneath you, it doesn't feel insurmountable. Yeah, but even 18 was. points, even 18 points, you know, if we could, if we came out maybe with, with JD head or something and he just balled out. Right. But I don't know. The team just didn't have it. And I don't really know why that is, uh, whether it's attrition from all the players opting out and COVID stuff or what, but everybody else has that excuse too. And not everybody else got beat by 35 points to a team that's, you know, fine. Right. But not, not great or anything. I don't really know what to make of this game because there's really no explanation for why we should lose that badly. And I don't know. This is the same team that beat North Texas and put up 42 points, you know, two and a half weeks before this game and then got whooped twice in a row to end the season. So I I don't really know what to do with that. We suck. Fair enough. I won't go that far. (laughs) But I would also point to, because I always try to find something positive to take away from from things like this. Uh, J.D. Head came in and, yeah, he threw a pick. I believe in the third quarter. Again, these drive charts are messing with my head. But he went 9 for 14 for 78 yards. That's not what you would hope for. But from when he entered the season as, what, the fifth or sixth string quarterback after a bunch of people with uh, and what happened with people sitting out or getting hurt or whatever, the fact that he's able to come in and at least be somewhat effective is, is a nice sign pointing to the future, especially if Aaron Allen looks more like this game in the future rather than he did at other times during the course I mean of the year. yeah I mean he came in and he looked better than Aaron Allen did that game so well that just means Aaron Allen's gonna enter the transfer portal at 2 a.m and we'll be stuck with Why JD at 2 a.m. 
I feel like that's what all those guys do. They enter the transfer portal in the middle of the night whenever they're in their, in their feelings, listening to Juice <laughs> World. Oh, yeah, yeah, good point, Juice World. Yeah, he's popular with the kids. He is. Well, was, is, you know, rest in peace. Rest in peace, yeah. Um, I don't want to jump too far ahead and start talking about that, but focusing on the game, I feel like quarterback play was just really bad, and we may never know how the game would have turned out if Luke hadn't have Joe Theismann his leg. So it's... Yeah, I, I mean, you can't help but wonder that, like, because we had we had two quarterbacks, and when one guy was bad, the other guy was able to step up, and that's kind of you know that's what happened. Luke Anthony wasn't bad in the UAB game, but Aaron Allen just had it that day, right? And if that guy had shown up against Georgia Southern, this is a different game. Uh, but yeah, you know, because exactly. so it's in that first half, the offense was playing well, and and like you said, Nathan, I mean, even down. 14 to three, or even if it had been 21, seven going into halftime, I mean, very rarely can you put a football game on one guy, but like in that first half, it was all Aaron Allen's fault, right? I mean, the, the picks were bad. They weren't, didn't seem like the receivers ran the route, the uh, wrong route. One of the, the third pick, he just kind of threw it into the ground and one of their guys was just there to catch it. You know, it wasn't near any of our guys, but uh, Aaron Allen in this game, 10 for 24, 41 yards passing. That's 1.7 yards per attempt. Uh, oh, that's that's good. passing attempt. Uh, three picks. He had a ESPN QBR of 0. 0.8. Um, <laughs> yeah. JD Heads was 9.0. And Shy Wirtz on the other side was 7 for 12 for 126 yards and a touchdown. His QBR was 79.2. So, Not bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, though, between this game and last game, does Aaron Allen have a worse QBR in the bowl game or against TCU? What do y'all think? I believe it was 0.3 against TCU. Ah, so, you gave away God. the answer to the question. Come on, yeah. Evan. Well, look, man, I know my I know my terrible tech quarterback stats, all right? I can't help it. All right, again, looking on the bright side of it, he improved game over game. <laughs> In 46 yeah. years, he'll be at, you know, 50. <laughs> five ten, yeah, five also, CJ Powell, 0 for 1, QBR of 2.1. So maybe wow. CJ Powell is the answer. Should have put forward. in Powell. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a guy on the team named Powell. Come on, yeah. Matt. Wide receiver. The receiver. He's been there for oh, years. I thought you meant the I thought you meant there was a quarterback by the name. No, we, we tried like a like a double pass thing at some point, right? We are an embarrassment. Yeah, did not go great. When we were already down like thirty. It felt three. incomplete. That was a good case scenario for how the rest of this game went. That was a best case scenario kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't a pick six. Um also we should we should mention just about the only well, there were a couple positives here, I guess, for, for tech, like individual performances. Were there? Yeah, Izzy Tucker, 20, 20 carries for 123 yards. Uh, that's a 6.2 average. I don't know why he didn't have 37 carries again. I guess we were down by a million points or whatever. So Wow, um, one million points, eh? Um, he, he went ahead and declared for the draft after the game. but and Nobody uh, blamed him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I think, you know, he's been injured a, an awful lot in his career, so he, he may just be looking at things and saying, you know, maybe I don't want to go through that and, and not walk again after another year of college football. But hopefully he'll he'll pan out for the draft and everything. And then he won't. Um, I guess we normally pick players of the game, but that feels like Jonathan, Jonathan Barnes, little brother. <laughs> Jacob Barnes. Yeah, is that his name? He did hit the field goal. Exactly. Fair Shy words. <laughs> Come on, Josh. Nathan, Nathan, you got one here before I say who my other one would be? Yeah, because I've given it to Jacob Barnes in the past. I, his punting was also not the greatest. 
uh, that night. They ended up putting in Brady Farlow again, and Brady Farlow outpunted Barnes in his two attempts, averaging 10 more yards a punt from Barnes' yeah. 34 to Farlow's 44. And uh, Farlow also had a 50-yarder in there. It's it, it was a night where nothing really was going well for the dogs. But probably stealing Evan's answer from him before you can give it, unless you had just picked yeah. Tucker, uh, Tyler Grubbs. Uh, yeah, we, there were a lot of missed tackles, a lot of uh, missed. Which guy do you take on the pitch on the option play? I did not see Grubbs make a mistake all night, and he was always there. Never seemed to have a tackle broken against him. And if we just had eleven of those guys line up on defense, we may have actually won this one, even yeah, with yeah. our well, quarterback throwing interceptions every other pass. I will take twelve. I will take a team filled with nothing but Tyler Grubbs's. Yeah. He had 12 tackles, one sack. Um, Jesus you know, Christ, he had 12 tackles? That's crazy. Yeah. Also, I mean, Baldwin had 11, too. And all 12 of those were solo tackles for Grubbs, too. So, I mean, he did his <laughs> oh job. God. That's exactly what you're supposed to do against an option team. And, you know, Zeke Barnett out there with four. Ooh, that's not great for your outside linebacker playing against uh, <laughs> it is playing not. against an option team. Yeah. So, I mean, really just a terrible game. Uh, the CUSA went over, I think, in what six bowl games. So, uh, pretty pretty good across the board there. Shout out UTSA for not for not beating ULL. Yeah, but you know what? At the end of the day, ULL didn't really do anything. Yeah, they won a lot of games. They only lost one. They didn't go to a great bowl game. They didn't crack the playoffs. So, congrats on your one good season in the midst of COVID with no great impressive bowl win. Fair enough, I guess. Uh- <laughs> yeah. So before we wrap up, let's go ahead and do our final thoughts about this game uh again we'll talk about the entire season on the next episode of how we thought this 2020 football season went but in terms of the new orleans bowl anything else that we really have to say about it uh it was just super disappointing and as i will extrapolate further in the next episode emblematic of a season that i thought was ripe with disappointment um now we'll get into that later but as far as the game uh i think another word to Another single word to sum it up is uh, forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, there's not much else to say. The only thing that really stands out here looking at the team stats is that we had 15 first downs and Georgia Southern only had 17, but probably because they had like three or four really long touchdowns and we had nothing. Um, I mean, just we just got flat out whooped in every phase. And and yet it came down to some turnovers, right? We, We were negative four in the turnover margin, but like, we got out coached, we got out rushed, we got out passed. You know, we we threw 3.1 yards per pass total in the game. <laughs> God. Have we ever done that before? That's that's awful, right? I mean high octane. Yeah. Uh and like you said, Matt, it it doesn't leave you with a good feeling going into the offseason, even though this is a weird year and all that. But uh yeah, it's just kind of like, man, that sucks. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean I think we all knew that at some point the uh, the bowl streak was going to end and, you know, you can't keep winning bowls and, you know, it, it just sucks to see it happen like this. And it's not even a, uh, oh, we lost a close one and we competed or we, you know, look good and tried, but we came up short against a clearly more talented team. We just stink. Yeah. The, this team is not good. Yeah, but we I mean, weren't awful either. But again, stuff that can be covered later. Something we covered later, and I will have plenty of thoughts on that. But yeah, that team that showed up Wednesday, it was not good. And yeah, yeah, you know, you can talk about how Anthony was out, and you know, we don't have a QB one or whatever. But I mean, that's kind of on skip for not having Allen ready to go. I mean, yeah, it was what a week after the TCU game, but 
it's a week's worth of practice to get Allen ready to go. And I mean, he's been, you know, yeah, QB Jordan Southern one. only had a week to prepare for us. Same. So, I, I mean, mean and uh, Allen's been QB one B for the majority of the season and he clearly wasn't ready. And yeah, the O line has had issues, but still it's the same thing. It's like, you can't even say, Oh, it's COVID this or opt out that. Cause everyone's dealing with that. I mean, it was, I guess, you know, the coaching staff clearly didn't have the team prepped and, planned ready to go on wednesday and that's disappointing and it sucks it does all right yeah, Nathan, bring us large, back. yeah well, we'll we'll see if i or don't <laughs> i'm able to wrap it around like that i mean to me when we were doing our preview thing the huge piece of information that we didn't have when making our predictions and how we thought the game was get, would go was whether or not shy Wirtz would play at quarterback for georgia southern in a meaningful role and he did he was the only person who played that quarterback position or at least the only one who attempted to pass he was perfectly fine the whole game yeah he he was great and so i think we had these expectations thinking that we're playing this good team but they're down to their fourth string quarterback and they're down to their third string running back and things like that where we had this sense of confidence going in because yeah we're also a little banged up but we don't rely on this one position as heavily if our quarterback's having a bad night we just saw what Tucker can do. If Tucker has a bad night, Allen and Anthony have both had good nights on their own to make up for it. And so we felt pretty good that one of our two phases would work well enough to win this game. And that didn't happen. And a lot of that's just due to Shy Wirtz doing his thing. It doesn't matter how well Tech does in this game. Georgia Southern put up 38 points, and most of that was in garbage time after they really stopped caring. Tech's offense needed to be better, but Tech's defense also needs to be better in this game because Shy Wirtz tore them apart. Um, and that's something that I hope improves in the future. And we've got some good young guys who will be back next year. It's also important to remember what we lost going into this year and I'm starting to turn into Matt and start talking about the season as a whole. But if we had Snead, we had a meek, I feel better about this game. And we didn't. And hopefully this is a rebuilding year and not the start of a trend um, uh. downward trajectory. But again, these are comments for next year. Um, so, yeah. Next week and Just, next year, as as the case or as the case may be, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we sucked. <laughs> that that <laughs> about wraps it up for the bowl game, right? I mean, we we did yeah, not go. So. We also died. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. And just like how we said bye to our bowl streak, here we also say bye to Evan, who has to go do family things. Goodbye. Goodbye. Have fun previewing basketball, and I guess recapping basketball too. There was one game, so. Uh, oh, hold on. So we have four basketball games next week. Let me let me make a prediction real quick. All right, before I go, I'm gonna say that we go. I'm gonna say we go two and two in basketball this weekend. I say both teams go one and one. So the Lady Texters will pick up one win in Huntington, drop one, and the the men will win one and drop one. And that is without having done any research. So I'll probably be right, <laughs> and Nathan, who I'm sure has done research, will probably be wrong. So. With that, I'm out. Later, y'all. See ya. Bye. All right, time to talk shit about Evan. <laughs> Evan is too much of a homer, and uh, he's really <laughs> nice, and his uncles are cool. Is that shit Yeah, talking? that pretty much sums up Evan as a person, I guess. It does. Uh, let's it does. let's look at this ULM game this, that happened this past week. Did y'all get a chance to watch it? It was on ESPN no, Plus instead of Kusa TV. I did not. Uh, I mean, it's been. I mean, it's been a. As you can imagine, it's been a pretty busy time because of the holidays. That is understandable. Let me kind of go through this game real quick with y'all and kind of describe what happened in it. Tech won the game 68-57, so an 11-point win over a ULM team that's been struggling all year and has not looked very good at all, like most of their athletic programs in 2020 right now. But the game was closer than it should have been. Uh, Ten minutes in the first half, so about halfway through the first half, ULM had the lead at 22-17. to 
So that was not great. Not Tech went great. on a 12, 12 to 2 run, though, to make it 32 26. ULM caught up a little bit before the halftime, but it was only a two point lead, 34 34, sorry, 34 32 Bulldogs going into the intermission. Again, this is a ULM team we played and beat pretty handily before earlier in the season. So it was a little bit closer than we had kind of hoped. Uh, ULM started the second half answering Tech's 12 2 run in the first half with a 12 2 run of their own. They were up 44 to 36 about a quarter of the way through the second half. Then 12 minutes left, Tech tied it up at 47. So they kind of also went on a run. And then also Tech extended the run. They went on a 15-3 run after tying up at 47 over the next seven and a half minutes. With under five to play, they had the game pretty well secured at 59-50. to They could still kind of blow it like we saw them do against ULL, but they didn't. The teams just traded baskets, and Tech left Monroe with the season sweep over the Warhawks. It was a game that got really scary until it looked like the Warhawks kind of ran out of steam. Typical. Towards the end there. Yeah, I mean, uh, hmm. I mean, it's not great to be down to ULL at the half or ULM at the half, but I mean, as long as we took care of business, it's it is what it is. That was on the road, right? Yes, that was. Yeah, I mean, as long as we took care of business and got it done, it's fine. Whatever, whatever. I I I really want to get more in tune with basketball. It's just like I said, the holidays are kind of busy. But uh, I mean, what is our overall record? You're seven and two. Yes. Well, men, men's men's basketball and women's basketball. The Texters are five and one with the only loss coming to number twenty-five, Texas. How badly did we lose to Texas? Pretty bad. Ah. Eighty-four fifty-seven. It was over before it started. Gotcha. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a talent gap there, and then the men you said are seven and two. Yeah, seven and two. Well, I mean, we're off to off to a pretty good start for both of us. I mean, Texters and the dogs going to be off to a pretty good start. I mean. I'm trying to focus on the positives. The football season was so negative. (laughs) Well, I mean, a big positive so far for basketball is uh, Kenneth Lofton, uh, junior. Junior, as he wants to be called, apparently. He is excellent for a true freshman. He is. He's just one of the... really good. He is the ugliest bastard. I don't know. He just looks like a big old kid to me so far. Yeah, he looks like a... He kind of looks like Chunk off the Goonies. He hasn't hasn't fully manned up at this point. Well, in any event... Anyway, but it was kind of interesting though, because Lofton didn't have his best game against ULM when maybe that was one of the reasons why Tech struggled so much. Uh, it was not really anyone's night at all when you look across this Bulldog roster. Ledoux was four of thirteen from the floor, awesome. scored thirteen points, but that was tied for the most on the team. The other guy who had thirteen was Kobe Williams, who was kind of dragged down by his one of four from three point land. Just. Buckets were not falling for the Bulldogs. Uh, yeah. Pretty much the only thing that saved them here was rebounding, especially towards the end of the game. Uh, they shot the ball a little bit better than ULM as well, but the Bulldogs had 40 total rebounds. Meanwhile, ULM had 34. So they out-rebounded them by six, and that provided them with six more possessions to try yeah. to score some points. Yeah, it seems like we we're a very uh, hot and cold team when it comes to shooting. and that's... What was the final score? Final score was 68-57. to 57 with yeah. attack. So, kind of close. Yeah. And that's where rebounds and a couple of extra possessions make the difference in winning and losing. Yep. Need the, uh, need, need the dogs to tighten up. And this week we may be rooting for a close matchup because Tech plays what is arguably the best team in Conference USA in a two-game series at Thomas Assembly Center this weekend on Friday and Saturday. Again, because of the COVID-19 scheduling things, we're going into conference play now where... Each week, instead of playing two different opponents on a Thursday and Saturday, like normal years, we're doing them back-to-back nights. So that'll be kind of interesting to see how that goes. Uh, uh, it is 
it is fitting that Tech will open up the conference schedule with Marshall because on back on 20, 30 years ago, on March 12th, 2020, the herd was Tech's scheduled opponent before COVID-19 forced the cancellation of the tournament. So they were gearing up to play on that day when everything shut down. So we finally get to see who would win that game, even though Tech's roster looks completely different. However, Marshall's team is pretty much the same. They returned a lot of their players they had last year, and they also added some new guys who have really made a huge impact on this team. Like I said earlier, they're the highest-ranked team in Conference USA. They have an 81st rank by Ken Palm. For contrast, Tech is, I believe, 117. So it's not like a huge difference. Tech is still top, I think, three or four in Conference USA, according to Ken Palm. As of this point, they're actually fifth. But this is still going to be a tough matchup at home against the Thundering Herd. Uh, The Herd only lost. Their one game was in overtime to number 90 Toledo in Huntington, West Virginia. But they did beat number 94 Wright State on the road, 80 to 64. So we've seen what they can do when they're good. Josh, you have any thoughts about this Marshall team? Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're just looking at it pure stats-wise on a per-game basis, uh, they, you know, they win that matchup. Uh, the only, the few things that Tech is a little bit better than Marshall at is a three-point uh, shooting percentage and rebounds. You know, other than that, it's pretty heavily favored for Marshall in terms of what they've done on a per-game basis. Just they, 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 they play at a better pace. They have a higher field goal percentage overall. Um, you know, they, they shoot free throws a lot better than we do. And we've talked about that ad nauseum last year, but, uh, yeah, they Marshall's pretty good. I mean, they're six and one, uh, which, you know, at this point in the season, you know, six and one versus seven and two, it's not a huge difference, but I mean, yeah, like you said, they pretty much returned the same team as last year and they were pretty good. Yeah, you mentioned that, sh- that shooting they're 34% from three, 58% from two and 77% from the free throw line what 64 percent from the free throw line the average is around 70 all those are better than average nationally but both the two-pointers and the free throw line shooting they're in the top 30 in the country right now so this is a good shooting team but they mostly take threes Uh, 42 percent of their shot selection are three-pointers and only rice shoots the three more often in conference usa than this thundering herd team Um, one more point about this is that tech has struggled a bit with blocked shots so far this year about one in every 10 shots by the bulldogs has been blocked that's a little bit more than an average basketball team marshall is the fourth best blocking team at the nation right now they're blocking opponent shots 17 percent of the time they take it like so yeah interesting it's fair to be a little scared about this Eh, yeah the worst that can happen is we can lose (laughs) the worst (laughs) thing happens we can lose twice exactly so come on just stay optimistic I mean, you know, Marshall did lose to Toledo earlier this month, and I don't think Toledo's a particularly good team, and they lost 96 to 87. So they're beatable, you know, and Toledo is seven and three. So, I mean, it's not like they're getting crushed by some team that's, you know, on a 10 game win streak or, you know, you know, ranked in the AP poll. So they're, they're beatable teams of our caliber for sure. And that may be why the computer polls kind of have this game as almost a coin flip. Ken Palm gives Tech a 44% chance to win with a final score prediction of 77 to 75, a two-point game. And Massey sees it as being even closer, a 47% chance to win and a one-point difference, 74 to 73 prediction. These are computer polls, so it doesn't really matter that the game happens on Friday and Saturday. The numbers are going to be the same. So those are the same numbers for each of those days. But yeah, this looks to be a, a close game. Again, hopefully, I, I guess really best case scenario, Tech runs away with it. But I feel like that as long as we don't get trounced, we have a chance. 
Yeah, I just uh, I want something to be happy about involving tech athletics. So, uh, are either of these games going to be broadcasted? The Friday night game is on ESPN Plus, and so is the Saturday game. Oh, excellent! I can finally put that subscription to use for the first time in quite a while. I've actually canceled mine. Oh, well, mine's part of it. Mine's part of a package deal with Disney Plus and Hulu. So. Yeah, actually, uh, you know what? We can go into those details later, but I can, yeah, I don't have it anymore. Just have Disney Plus. Wow, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one last thing to talk here before we talk a little bit about the Texers. The player to watch that I have here is uh, a senior by the name of Jansen Williams. I picked an easier name this time. We just talked about blocking, or depending on how much I cut out, it was 20 minutes ago. Uh, he's the 26th best shot blocker in college basketball. He's not super effective with the ball in the paint, but he's a six foot nine guy who's a thirty six percent three point shooter. So uh, he's a big guy who can shoot the three, which is a little intimidating. Pretty impressive. Yeah, he's also the second best rebounder on the team. Well, uh, okay, a little frightening. Is he? Is he? What is he? A power forward or is he a center? He's surely got to be a power forward. Yeah, probably a power forward. Yeah, I don't even know why I asked that, but well, you were curious. I understand. He lands up at the five, though. He plays. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he only plays at the five, really. I don't wow. know here's the five. I'm glad I asked. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> the only player they have that's taller than him on the roster is a seven foot zero guy who plays when he's not at the five named Goran Milodinovic. Ooh. Huh. Very European name. Sounds Slovenian. So once again, uh the player to watch, name again, please. The guy's name is Jansen Williams. Jansen Williams. Okay. We got our eye on you, Jay. Yeah, before we do our predictions of that, let's run through the textures really quickly. They did not play a game this past week because of, you know, Christmas and Boxing Day and probably some other holidays in there as well. But this week they also take on Marshall on the road in Huntington, West Virginia, kind of to counter tech hosting Marshall. Marshall is the 226th best team in college basketball, which is, you know, not great. But then again, the Lady Texters are only 172nd best. So that's also not ideal. On the road, though, Massey gives Marshall a 51% chance to win this game. So the Texters have a 49% chance to win. They think mm-hmm. that the Thundering Herd will win both of these games by 1.66 to 65. But again, some close matchups here. And all four of these basketball games this week is what it looks like. And yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how that will go. Oh, man. I'm just hoping for some wins, something positive to lift our spirits during this holiday season. Well, then let's start with you then. Let's see if you predict some positivity. In these four games, the two men's basketball and two women's basketball, how do you think Tech will go? Do you think they'll go a perfect 4-0? Or 0-4. Something a little more pessimistic than that. Entirely 0-4. No. Uh, I, I'll just be a little bit of a pragmatist and, or pragmatist, however you say it, and say that uh, we'll split it all 1-1. One one. So end up with a 2-2 two two when you combine the two? Indeed. Yes. 2-2. Two two. 500. I believe that's what Evan said too. Josh, do you agree with? The yeah, team? I agree with both of them. Let's go. Let's make it three people in a row, two and two. All right. Well, two plus two equals four, and I'm the fourth person, so <laughs> I'll say three and one because go. that also equals four. It does. Yeah, I think the Bulldogs will win both their. No, actually, sorry. I think the Texans will win both their games, but I think the Bulldogs will drop one of them, but kind of go one and one. In the, uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, hell, I'll take five hundred. I mean, I just don't want to come out of the weekend uh, empty-handed. So. Yeah, that would be a very bad weekend to follow up a very bad week. Yeah, well, that seems to be uh need some positivity around here. So good good vibes towards the Texas and Bulldogs this weekend. 
Let's beat Marshall. So yeah, let's jump back to the bad vibes, or at least poking fun of them for our tweet of the week real quick. The tweet of the week this week goes to at Jared UTSA, who, have you all ever seen Arrested Development before? Of Have. course. Of course. In the show, there's a thing called the Alliance of Magicians. We demand to be taken yeah. seriously. Exactly. They take a picture up front holding a sign saying we demand to be taken seriously because magicians often aren't. And neither is Conference USA because on top of each of the magicians <laughs> is a Conference USA logo. It's it's excellent. Very good. Uh, Jared, U- Jared K says, how Conference USA is going to roll up at next year's media days after going 0-6 in bowl season. Uh, and it is it is great, and it's also sad, but it's also great. Yes, it's sad. also very accurate. We are bad, and we should feel bad. God, I cannot wait for this season recap podcast. That's going to be a very long, sad, drunken podcast. Yeah, we keep talking about when, when we're going to do the drunk podcast. And every well, episode I mean, feels like it's more deserving of the last well, whenever you decide, just let me know so I can pop open some canisters. But yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. On that note, I'm not. We're in a really weird energy, but it's hard not to be well, in yeah, the energy when you just got blown out in your bowl game. Your basketball teams are doing well enough to give you some optimism, but you just saw what optimism does in that past bowl game. But hopefully, we'll be back here next week and and talking at least about how Marshall and Tech played some basketball games where Tech won all four of them. Hopefully, that will be yes. the case. Please, please, please. Anyway, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog where I'll have a post up on Thursday talking about some of this basketball stuff and how tech looks compared to last year. That blog is gtpvd.dog and the post should be up Thursday, I think. Also, you can check out Evan's contest stuff. I think that's over now. Tech is out of football games, so I assume it's over now. That's at gtpdd.dog slash contest. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Matt. And I'm a very sad Tech fan. And go Tech. Please stop dying. Please. Sorry, I was distracted by the massive erection uh, from me starting my PlayStation 5. <laughs> Different podcast now. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. No, Sneed had a great game.